I'm Cade Moselle, and this is Hawkeye Hustle, a show where we interview University of Iowa athletes and try to find out what it means to be a Hawkeye and what it takes to be a collegiate athlete in the most competitive era of sports in order to find the formula for success. So some background on myself, why I made this podcast, who am I? So like most kids, I grew up playing every sport. Parents just kind of put you in everything, see what you like, see what you don't like. I gravitated the most towards hockey. I'm Canadian, so I love hockey. It's a big part of my life. I played from when I was four till my last year of juniors at 21. It's taken me many places across the states, um, some places in the world. Um, I'm very grateful for that. But for me, in my circle, I have some friends who've played Division One, so I can see what that process looks like going from high school to college. And I thought to myself, well, outside the core four, you know, football, basketball, baseball, I feel like it's most people know how you get from college, from high school. But what about those other sports that don't get as much notoriety or they're not as popular, like swimming or diving or golf, volleyball, all these other sports that are Division One that the schools have to offer around the country, yet not many people know what that process of recruitment looks like and how you become a Division One athlete at that level for that sport. So that's what this podcast is focused on, and that's why I wanted to create it, because I had that question of, you know, if you're a diver, okay, like, what does a diver do during the week before a competition? Or how do they practice? Like, what do they do? How do they get ready? That's something that I have absolutely not a single clue of at all. So, and I wanted to find out, and that's why I made this podcast, was to shine light on those sports that maybe aren't as popular as a core four to help people understand that Division One athletes at the top of their game in every sport is something that should be discussed and coming to an understanding and showing people who don't know much about those kind of sports that, you know, it's not easy to become a Division One athlete no matter what sport you play. And any Division One athlete, no matter what sport it is, deserves, you know, their flowers and deserves to hear their story and have the regular normal person understand what a challenge it is and how hardworking you have to be to make it to the division one level at any sport. And that's what I'm trying to showcase. Our first ever guest is a senior setter for the university women's volleyball team. This past season, she registered 357 assists to total 1,582 career assists, ranking 10th most all time at Iowa. She's an academic All-Big Ten honoree and was invited to participate in the U.S. Women's National Team Open Program. I'm happy to welcome Bailey Ortega. You play for the women's volleyball team. Mm -hmm. Uh, How many years have you been playing for them right now? Um, I'm going into my senior season in the fall. The weird thing with my timing is since I graduated in 2020 and COVID hit, my freshman and sophomore season were two months, like, difference. So I played my freshman season, had two months, played my sophomore season, and then junior, and now senior. It's been kind of a ride. Oh, it's been a ride for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of want to start off asking you, why did you choose volleyball? Um, Did your parents play volleyball and taught you younger or did you see somebody play volleyball and you wanted to try it and you just were good at it? Like, how did you become a volleyball player and then what did that look like as uh, you were growing up yeah so 
My parent, only my mom went to college. My mom played basketball. My brother, my older brother, who is seven years, seven years older than me, six years older than me. I don't know. One of those. He played basketball and baseball growing up. And my dad ended up going into the trades right out of high school. I, of course, grew up playing basketball. I also danced, but that was just being a little girl getting put in dance. Um, So grew up dancing and playing basketball. And then I ended up finding volleyball around seventh or eighth grade with like my middle school team and started playing competitively and traveling for it my freshman year of high school. And I ended, it was one of those things where I played basketball and everyone was like, oh, like you should play volleyball. It was one of those sports that just kind of got put together a lot. And um, watching all of my brother's friends when I was younger play volleyball and kind of growing up with that was definitely what sparked my interest. And it was also just a new sport. I started to get burnout with basketball and The ceiling was very, very high with volleyball, so that's what made me start it and continue playing. Did you play any other sports besides basketball, volleyball, or was that your two big ones that you started (laughs) and ended with? Grew up dancing, played basketball, and then I played softball for a couple years. Um, Long story short, coach ended up ruining it for me. That was me with baseball. Yeah, which I feel like happens a lot, which I hate because I do love softball, and I obviously grew up watching my brother play baseball. I love baseball. And, yeah, stopped playing softball, and then I played travel basketball as well. And then once I got to high school and volleyball got serious, it was high school basketball, high school volleyball, travel volleyball. And then, yeah. Coming into high school, was college, university ever a thought, like, I could go Div 1? When did you kind of think to yourself, like, I could really get committed, I can really take this um, seriously and play for a bigger college school? Yeah, so when I started playing volleyball, I never really knew where I could take it because it was so new and because a lot of the people I was playing with had played for so long. So I was like, I'm so behind, like, there's no way I'm going to catch up to these girls. And it was my 15s year, which was my freshman year. Our team ended up qualifying for nationals. We were one of the only teams in the area to do so, and it was a really big deal, and that was kind of the first, wow, like, I'm pretty good at volleyball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, then my 16s year, and I started to get some interest, but they were all from smaller schools. Um, because in the volleyball world, if you are under six foot and you're not a libero, then you really aren't getting looked at by Division ones unless you are a freak athlete or you are just amazing or playing the game for a while. So, again, with all of those things, stereotypes I guess I had in my head I didn't think it was possible to play at that level so I was just shooting as high as I thought I could go and at the end of my 17 at the end beginning of my 17s year I was on a really really great club team we ended up winning nationals that year and I didn't play a ton but I started to get interest because the girls on my team were big dogs and they were committed to K-State and um, another one was committed to Mississippi State. One of my teammates was committed to Iowa before I, Iowa even reached out to me. It started to become a reality that I could play Division One. The first Division One school to reach out to me was Bradley University in Peoria. And when I distinctly remember when they reached out to me, I bawled my eyes out. I was so excited. I was like, I can't believe that happened. And then it just kept going from there. And I, at that point, I knew Division One was possible, but Power Five was a whole different story. And 
So when Iowa reached out, I started to get interest from other schools. And then that was when I was like, okay, I can do this. Like if this many people, I'm feeling pretty good about it. What's your um, favorite place to play for an away game and why? Um, That's hard. I have favorite places to play because I love the people. (laughs) (laughs) I've created some really, really great friends throughout the Big Ten volleyball world. But I think it's always fun. This is a hard question because I love playing at Northwestern because I love being in Chicago and we always like do a little walk on the river. Like I just on the lake. Sorry. And I love that. But I have to say Nebraska, even though I don't want to. I know. I know it's crazy, but I guess everyone always expects us. And we do like, I guess, have a rivalry, but me wanting to be a volleyball coach and just loving volleyball in general Going to Nebraska and seeing a place that's sold out. When we played them last and we were at Nebraska, it was their 300 consecutive sold-out games in that arena. And it's just the coolest thing for me because volleyball, that's not normal for volleyball. And the fact that they do it that often and I get to play in a crowd like that, even if they're all rooting against me. Like, all of you are here because you love volleyball, whether it's Nebraska volleyball or just volleyball. And I think that is such a cool thing so even though it's intimidating and it can be tough I just love it because it shows all the love for volleyball in the Big Ten how do you personally prepare for a game yourself um are you superstitious do you have things you do every time (laughs) are you nonchalant with it um so I started out superstitious in my career because there were a couple games where I would braid my hair like do the little braids in a ponytail and there was one game where I was like you know what I I don't want to braid my hair. And I had it in normal ponytail, and we ended up beating Iowa State. And I was like, let's go. I am not <laughs> putting my hair in braids anymore. So I get, like, ever since then, I don't think I've put braids in my hair. <laughs> so, and I think that's just something in the back of my head. It's also just easier to just put it in a ponytail. But before a game, I usually always get some kind of energy drink. My entire junior year and sophomore year, it was Tropical Red Bull. I don't know why, but it was just Tropical Red Bull. This past season, it was Tropical Red Bull and some, like, Alani News. And then I usually, I'll usually, this is so bad of me, uh, an energy drink and then some form of candy. So this past season, it was Nerds Gummy Clusters. Those are, like, those are so good. my favorite candy. So, yeah, I usually get one of those things. And then I usually get, uh, wherever we're going a little bit early, play some music and kind of get in my zone and, like, text all my family members if I can. All of us will, like, do our makeup in the mirrors, and we'll get uh, jams going, and we'll start dancing. So it definitely depends on where we are, because sometimes I'll walk to get coffee. Sometimes I'll – it varies, but for the most part, I would say I always have music, and I'm always, like, talking to my teammates or, like, texting my family, talking to them before I go on the court. When you're not on the court, what is your favorite thing about your sport? Is it just simply going out to eat with your friends – during a game, just hanging out, the camaraderie kind of thing, or with what, my teammates. Yeah, just anything. Like, what, what's your favorite aspect about volleyball when you're like you're off the court? Yeah, I will. I will say I love that it's kind of designated family. Like, it's just they're always going to be there because you spend every day with them. And I think sometimes it can get kind of hard because we do see each other so often that it can be overwhelming to hang out more outside of practice and traveling. But. Um, yeah, we t- 
today, for example, super nice day, super sunny, and a bunch of us live at the same apartment complex, and it has a pool. So we all started a group chat and texted each other, and it was like, whenever you send the bikini emoji, you're at the pool. So a bunch of us started sending them, and we all just sat next to each other and laid out at the pool. And sometimes, we'll, yeah, we'll go out to eat, or we'll play games in the locker room, or we'll go to other sporting events. Like, I go to all the baseball games, so sometimes my teammates will come sit with me. So we do as much as we can, but we all also have a lot on our plate. So sometimes we're like, okay, like, Gotta some make time, time for yeah, needed, make time right? for some other friends and family as well. This might be a controversial question. Is there anything you don't like about volleyball? Any negative things you don't really like? You'd like to see improve with the game? Um, I would definitely say continue the viewership. I think that women's basketball is getting a lot of attention, which I love that female sports in general are getting attention. But I want volleyball to continue to grow because not a lot of people even know that our USA volleyball team and at the 2020 Olympics, won gold for the first time. Like, we won a gold medal, and it just wasn't really talked about a ton. So I just want the viewership and kind of the fan base to continue to grow, and it is. Um, we were the seventh game in history to be broadcasted on ESPN this past season for women's college volleyball, which was cool to be a part of it, and it was cool to have a bunch of people, like, sitting at the sports bars and be like, oh, my gosh, that's Bailey, and, like, post it on Facebook, and, like, you can see my face and then ESPN underneath it. Like, that's something I'll remember forever, but I wish it wasn't as rare as it is for that to happen. So just continuing to grow the sport of volleyball, and I think that we're getting there, but it can go even more. During your week before games, what do your practices look like? What's a typical volleyball practice for someone in the Division One level? Like running sprints oh, a lot? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> um, I mean, we'll occasionally, we'll run, but that's usually in... Um, Punishment? Oh, no. no. We, we, so, <laughs> well, so the cool part about Jim Barnes and what he's brought to the Iowa Volleyball Program is we essentially have this thing where it's called winner points. So sometimes we'll have practices where it's really focused on skills and we won't have any winner points. We essentially have this big board, whiteboard, and it's like laid out in a really cool like table kind of thing. has all of our names on it. And um, when we have a day where it's winner point focused, you essentially have a winner point queen. And every single drill, the winner will have two winner points. Or if you pass this certain percentage, you get two winner points. If you get a block, you get 200 points. Like, it just continues to go. And then if you say the highest person on our team had 19 winner points and I had five, then sometimes we would have, like, 14 net runs or, like, 14 jumping jacks or 14 push-ups. It varies. So that's really the only time I would say we run for punishment. But it's nice because it adds a sense of competition to practice where, like, you can, like, physically see on the board, like, where you're at. It's like a scoreboard. So I like that we kind of... I don't want to say pressure, but we do kind of add that pressure that you have in the game when there's a scoreboard flashing in front of you. But normal practice, Jim has these sheets where he prints out our entire practice plan every single day. So ever since he's gotten here, I have every practice plan we've ever done. And our warm-up is the exact same. We'll all run in. We'll get on the line. And then we will break. We'll warm up our arms. We'll do some stretching. We'll do some, like, TheraBand with our partners to warm up our shoulders and then kind of depends from there what our focus is. So 
if our focus is really on serve, receive, and serving, then we'll do that for most of the practice and drill centered around that. If it's on defense and blocking and digging, then we'll do that. Um, if it's on offense and scoring, we'll do that. So it all kind of depends on what we need to work on. And if there's practices where certain positions need to work on certain things, we'll set up three nets and we'll kind of break up. So some practices can be similar, especially once we get in season when people are kind of getting tired and fatigued a lot. We'll tend to do shorter practices with kind of just the things we need to work on, like very specific or sometimes just broad to get touches on the ball. So it varies a lot, but. How many practices a week do you guys do? We have, the way we separate it is we have, I think as far as I know most teams do this, is you have 20-hour weeks and you have eight-hour weeks. And when you're in eight-hour weeks, we essentially will have four hours of practice and four hours of weights that whole week, and then it gets spread out. And in 20-hour weeks, it's, again, I think it's four hours of weights and... No, I'm not mathing. 16, 16 hours of practice. So what we're in right now is we have practice. We're in a 20-hour week. We have four days of practice a week. We practice 7 to 9 a.m., and then we lift from 9 to 10 a.m., and then we're done. And uh, we actually play this weekend at University of Northern Iowa. So, But, yeah, for 20-hour weeks, we usually have two to three-hour practices with an hour of weights right after. Do you guys ever do joint practices with the men's team or is it all do you do anything with the men's team volleyball team so the men's team here is a club team so we don't cross over with them a ton but we actually our current manager right now his name's ryan he is on involved with the club team and i think he might be on the club team so he's our manager so it's nice to have him in the gym because guys just kind of have bigger arms and can swing a lot harder than some of our hitters. So it's nice having him in the gym and just having an extra hand. And then the year before that, we had Sebastian, and he is on the club team right now since he has more time on his hands and isn't a manager anymore. So we have certain people involved. There have been a couple times where we've been able to go watch the men's club team play, which is exciting because even though they're a club team, we just – we love that it's a men's volleyball team on campus. So, yeah, there's been, there's been talk that we would maybe get a varsity. I was about to ask if you thought that they would. Yeah, there's there's been conversation, but with all of the issues with Title IX, I am unsure if adding a men's team would be realistic in the future. But I think that it would be great because I know that other Big Ten schools do have them, like Penn State and Ohio State have men's volleyball, and they're successful, and it's – it's fun to have have kind of that connection. Do you guys have open tryouts for your team that are posted, or is it just all recruits from high school? And Yeah, as, as far as I know, we don't have tryouts. Um, essentially on the team, you can be a preferred walk-on or you can be a scholarship athlete. So preferred walk-on. A lot of people get confused with walk-on and preferred walk-on. So a walk-on just essentially means that you basically, like, would try out and walk on the team. We I – don't, I don't know if we've ever, at least in my history of being here, I don't think we've ever had just walk-ons. But preferred walk-ons essentially means you're recruited like a scholarship athlete. You just aren't given any money, and you still have a spot on the team. So, yeah, no tryouts. We just recruit strictly from high school and, yeah, from club. What's the process? I know for me because I played hockey my whole life and – the process, but that is different because you 
high school and then you go to juniors after high school till you're like 21 if you want and then you can go to college and then football basketball you get recruited out of high school to play college mm -hmm. so what's the process from going high school to college and then what's the future like for volleyball athletes after college is it the olympics is it like the the goal for everyone after college or um i would say it depends on the level of the volleyball player so of course I would, I would assume everyone's dream is to get to the Olympics. Um, but the Olympic team is, I, I mean, 13, 14 people. And I think they go from like a 30, 40 girl roster down to that number. And there's a lot of veterans that are on that team. So for me, I guess on a more realistic route, a lot of girls just go to play pro and, Within the last couple of years, we've had United States Pro Leagues emerge, which is super exciting for volleyball, and again, with it growing. Um, but typically, people go and play overseas. So a lot of people that I played against are in Puerto Rico, and my old teammate is actually in Italy right now playing pro overseas. So my goal is to play pro overseas, but it's exciting because starting February of this next year, 2024, we are having two new professional volleyball leagues, and one is called Real Pro Volleyball Federation, and the other one is League One Volleyball. And they have cities already kind of announced, like Atlanta and Columbus and Omaha, and some of these teams, like the team in Omaha is owned by Jason Derulo. What? Yeah, and Joe Burrow and his family have invested in the leagues and Kevin Durant's invested in the leagues. And so it's gaining a ton of attraction. So I would assume that that is going to be very, very, very big when it starts. So the future after is if you can go to the Olympics, go to the Olympics. If you can't or if you simply don't want to, you can play pro overseas and then you can play pro in the United States, which – Sounds like you can also do both. So you can play like half the year overseas and then play half the year in the U.S. leagues. So that's what I'm hoping to do. What's the, do you think is the best pro league? Like the NFL, NBA of volleyball? Um, so, as, so there is one pro league right now. It's called Athletes Unlimited. It started, I want to say, I think they just finished their second season. I would say the best pro league. That's so hard. I have a personal connection to people involved with League One Volleyball. So as a biased answer, I would say League One. But I don't really have an opinion. I think that Athletes Unlimited is great. I think Real Pro is great. And I think League One is great. And they all offer different things and bring different things to the table. But, I mean, Pro Volleyball in the U.S. in general is just a win for me. So Sure. Um how do most volleyball players, if they play pro, is it full-time? Like, do they make enough money to, to play full-time? Do they, most of them have second jobs? Or if you get advertisements and sponsorships, how does that work for someone who wants to make a living purely off of volleyball? So, for the most part, if you are an elite-level athlete, um, like if you are on the Olympic team, you can basically play volleyball year-round. I think it depends on the league that you go to, like especially overseas. By the sounds of it, the U.S. leagues that are emerging, you can... You, like the thing they're advertising the most is making a living wage. So I'm hoping that that's going to become a thing. But usually when you play overseas, unless you're in a top dog league, you're really not making – you're making enough to live, of course, but you're not making a ton of money. I'm not really sure what the future holds in terms of salary for the U.S. leagues, but they 
continue to advertise that it'll at least be a living wage, like a well-paid living wage. So what do you, uh, what's your favorite thing to do to do on an off day? <sighs> favorite thing to do. I hate saying this, but I love shopping. It's really bad, but shopping aside when my bank account is drained, I love reading. I found my love for reading when everything got super chaotic and I realized that I could just kind of escape all of the stress I'm under and just open up a book. So sitting outside if it's warm and reading a good book is definitely my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do or go to other Hawkeye sporting events because I'm a big Hawkeye supporter. <laughs> of course. What, uh, are you reading a book right now? Um, I just started a book today. It's called Twisted Love. It's one of those like TikTok books. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just started that today. I'm maybe into the first chapter because I started at the pool and then all of my teammates came down and started talking to me and I was like, I can't focus on this book right now. I had to put it down. Yeah. So I had to put it down. But the other good part about me reading books is I would say I can read about 100 to 150 pages in an hour. So Damn. I know. So I read very fast, but I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the reason I love reading books is because essentially for me, it's like a movie. So I can read a three, 400 page book in two and a half, three hours. So I can do it in one sitting. So that's why I love reading, but I have to be really focused. If I'm distracted, it's not yeah, going to go say, well. I, I can read a page and I'll, I'll lose focus and I'll, I'll just think to myself, what did I just read? Yeah. And I'll have to <laughs> go back and restart and read all over again. But oh, yeah. last question for you is there a misconception or something that not many people know about your sport that you would like to get off your chest like a myth about volleyball or something people say that's not true i mentioned it earlier i think that a lot of people think that when you're short you can't play volleyball or you can only be a certain position and i think that people are finally getting out of that and realizing that that doesn't matter there's so many other things that go into being a volleyball player besides your height um, I think that goes for a lot of female sports and a lot of sports in general. Like you don't need to be the typical size. And I guess for me, I think a lot about all the body image issues and things that a lot of females go through and a lot of, a lot of men go through as well. Like you don't have to be the perfect fit of what you think a basketball player, a hockey player, a volleyball player should look like. Like you can bring so many other things to the table and so many intangibles that go way beyond what you look like. So I think people are finally getting out of it, but I just want to continue to emphasize that. I'm 5'9", and I'm playing on a Power 5 Big Ten volleyball team for my dream my dream school and my home state, and everyone told me I couldn't even play Division One. So I just think ignoring all the stereotypes and what you think you need to look like and you think you need to do and just – being you as cheesy as it is <laughs> I mean, it's true though like how many more games do you guys have in the season um so this spring we have we're at uni this weekend and then we are at home next weekend in carver hawkeye arena and then we have the fall well thank you for coming in and sharing your story and more about your sport and look forward to keeping up with you during the season and see how the hawkeyes do yeah thanks for having me go, no hawks. go hawks thanks bailey again for joining us I hope you, the listener, can take something away from this episode. I know I did. I learned a lot about volleyball that I didn't know before. And I want to thank you for tuning in for the first episode of Hawkeye Hustle, the show where we interview athletes to find out what it means to be a Hawkeye and what it means to be a collegiate athlete in the most competitive era of sports to find the formula for success. 